With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast with me, Sean Barker. Pre-season training may have only just started for the Cherry squad, but we're still on a break here at the podcast as we look to sort out the plans for the upcoming season, but are bringing you this cheeky little episode to update you on what's been going on at the club, as well as to replay an interview which some of you might have missed from the Back of the Net archives. So since the last episode, Eddie Howe has been busy in the transfer market with the additions of Conor Mahoney to the under-23 squad, as well as the big guns of Asmir Begovic, Nathan Aki, and of course the return of Jermaine Defoe. Reports say Howe doesn't expect any more big signings, so surely it's safe to say there'll be at least one more before the season kicks off. As yet, no one has walked out our door, although there are continuing rumours of Maxi Gradle to either Sunderland or Leeds. And personally, I've got to wonder whether Federici and or Alsop will remain, given the arrival of Begovic, the new contract for Boric, plus the recent arrival of Aaron Ramsdale, who is doing tremendously well for England in the Euro Under-19 tournament. We'll wait and see. 
There's also been much talk and speculation about a possible new ground, with the rumours that the old athletic stadium on Kings Park will become the site for a new 25,000-seater or so stadium, and then the athletic club will go and use the Vitality Dean Court, whatever you want to call it these days. Um, again, no official reports yet, so we'll still wait and see on that one as well. Now, in sad news, this week saw the Cherries lose a long-time supporter in Lance Queens. Sadly, Lance passed away this week. He was a regular in the stands, often heard singing songs, and was also someone who committed a huge amount of his time to charity work. He will be missed by all at AFC Bournemouth, and I pass on my sympathies to all his family and friends at this time. Now... On to our interview replay, and it comes from our first ever episode back in February 2016. Steve Jones is regarded as one of the most loved former players at AFC Bournemouth. If you were around in the mid-90s, then you'll know all about him. And if you join the Cherries family after that time, I hope you enjoy finding out more about our legendary number nine, Jonesy. So here's the full interview from last year and we'll keep you updated about back of the net plans for the new season through our Twitter account and Facebook page. So stay tuned. And here we go. The big interview. The big interview. This is the big interview. Hi Steve and welcome to Back of the Net. Hi Sean, how are you mate? I'm very well buddy, how are you? Yeah, very well mate. We're going to go back to 1994 initially. So Tony Pulis had left us at the end of the season and uh, after some pretty shocking football and pretty average results. And we started that year in trouble. I think it was Willow and Mark Morris were caretaker managers. And then we'd lost seven on the spin and then Mel Machin joined us. And then it wasn't long after that that he started signing some players, one of which was yourself from West Ham. So how did you first hear about Bournemouth's interest and kind of looking at where we were in the league, were you a bit worried about coming to us? Um, obviously, Bournemouth and West Ham had a bit of a link, uh, obviously because of Harry as well and a few other things. And I think that that sort of turned out to be for me to go on loan when obviously when I weren't playing, I was playing in reserves at West Ham. I was in and out of the side, sub a lot of the time. Um, and obviously, Bournemouth come in for me to go on loan. And that was it, really. And obviously, I went on loan, uh, done quite well. Didn't overly do great, but it was in a it was in a struggling side at the time, I think, or, or it was early in Mel Machin fielding of that side, really. And uh, I think I played. I'm not sure. I think I had a month there, and then I signed permanently. So obviously, Harry had told you some good things about the club. Yeah, Harry had obviously said about the club because he was there himself and. Uh, and said how good it was there, and it's a great place to live, and uh, that was it, really, and I was off to there, really. I I did look at the league table, obviously, but that sort of thing never really bothered me, and that was probably because I played in non-league with Bill Ricky that it it was, even though it was going down from West Ham, it was also, because I played at non-league level, it's also still up from where I was, obviously, two or three years previously. Right. Now, with, with, I mean, obviously, once you were settled in and with a few of the other new guys we'd got, 
we started turning it around and I mean I know we've got what's what they call the, the what is called the great escape now obviously with what Big Fletch did against Grimsby and keeping us in the league but we kind of you know this was the original great escape as it was called back in that season because we started going on that incredible run where I think after well we had nine points at Christmas and then all of a sudden we just started winning games and I remember I was going every week and we had that belief that we were going to stay up. Coming into three games to go, I went away to Swansea and, and we'd won, I think, the previous three and we lost that one 1-0. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we went into that second to last game away at Brentford where Brentford were looking to go up. We were still in the trouble at the bottom of, well, what was then the second division, which is League One. And I remember going to that game, and for me, that is still the greatest Bournemouth game I have ever been to. We went into that game a bit nervous, but we needed to get a result to try and keep us in the hunt. How were you boys leading up to that game, knowing you were playing Brentford, who were a good side? Um, funny enough, Brentford were. I think I think they were in. The, I think they were top or second at the time, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They was right in the hunt, anyway, for the playoffs or, or to get promoted. Uh, and they had a good side. I remember they had Nicky Forster up front. Um, the two centre-halves were decent players, I think. One went on to play for Birmingham for quite a while. Uh, yeah, they were a really good side. And we were quite... To be honest with you, we were quite a young side. And it weren't really... I was one of the older ones. And I weren't really that old. You know what I mean? So we didn't really think about nerves or anything like that. And I think that's probably why we went on such a good run. I mean, I remember us going to Oxford away and absolutely destroying them. And, and they had a really good side. Matt Elliott, Buck, Joey Beauchamp. Uh, I just think we got a, we had a young side and we believed in ourselves a bit. And I think that's what got us out of it, really. And obviously Mel Machin, who I have to say, man to, man, man management-wise, was uh, the best manager I probably worked with. Um, it, just, it just seemed to flow. And obviously the Brentford game, funny enough, that I didn't have a great game. But... I do remember that game well, and I do remember us taking the crowd up behind the goal one end. Um, and it was 1-1 until, I think, the 74th minute, I think. It was, and then you did one of your classic, and, and you gambled on the defender missing the ball, which I saw you do time and time again. It didn't always come off, but when it did, you were through, and obviously you stuck the stuck the goal away, and I remember you sprinting back to halfway, and uh, I can still I still get here stand up when thinking about being in that away end when that ball went in. It was, it was a special, Funny special enough. day. It, it was, and funny enough, the, the, uh, I would have sprinted the whole of the pitch and, and been in front of the crowd. As you know, I did it a few times. I, uh, swind, uh, I've done it at loads of places, that sort of thing, if we was away from home. But the funny thing was, Mel Machen had pulled me over in about the 60th minute and proper give it to me. Said, are you any chance you doing something, blah, blah, blah. Just generally playing the game, I suppose. And obviously, while I've scored and I've gone straight to the bench. <laughs> to, say, to say that's what I could do and if you have a look at the video I am so pumped up it is unbelievable <laughs> I think I've got about two or three people hanging off me and they still can't stop me yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it was an incredible I mean it was just an incredible game and, and I remember the scenes afterwards obviously all the boys are up up in our in our end at the you know and because I think after that result we we knew that I, well, the fans, I think, knew that we'd done the business. I mean, we, we had Shrewsbury the last game of the season at home, which got moved to the Tuesday. So we actually played before everyone else, didn't we? And Yeah, yeah, because of the bank holiday thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Drive. Yeah, it was. Because of, yeah, we thank Leeds for that. But yeah, so we we got to play a bit early. And again, I remember that night. But I, I mean... I mean, you know, the funny thing is, I didn't score that night, right? But 
I remember the game really, really well. Um, and the reason I remember it well as well is because Neil Perrett was the reporter and he gave me a 10 in the paper the next day. And I didn't score. And I always remember that because not strikers, even if they get at tricks at time, only get eights and nines. But he gave me a 10 and that was a, like, such a rare thing. And that's why I always remember it. And I, to be honest with you, I did have a really good game, but I just didn't, didn't, just didn't score, I suppose. But we destroyed Shrewsbury within about 30 minutes, I think. Yeah, we were 3-0 up and it was it was game over and party time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was 13,000 there. Was there 14,000? Uh, officially, I, I've heard rumours that there were a lot more in that night. But uh... Yeah, I, I could well imagine because obviously it was standing then and there was a lot of people in them days, wasn't there? Yeah, it was. Now look, we so we yeah. stayed we stayed up, and that was yeah. It was if you if you've not seen it on YouTube, there's lots of videos now. You can see of the of the great escape. Yeah, there is the video. I've still got the video. I remember us all doing something with hats on and stuff before the video. Is that have you seen that? Yeah, you had, sure. that's right. You had um, there was barbed wire and all that, and you had to crawl underneath yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and obviously, what was his name? Bill Gardner was it? Gardner? Ken Gardner. Ken Gardner. That's it. Yeah, he was on the bus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah. <laughs> now, look, the following season then, I mean, well, there was a, there was a bit of renewed, you know, hope in the team. It, like you said, it was a young side. And you got, was it 23 goals that season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be best season. So, yeah, yeah, it was a good season. I think we was a bit unlucky that season not to get in the playoffs. Um, we were quite strong, you know, uh, but I think... Um, I think I got injured for a little bit and a couple of others got injured and we just lost our way, I think, in a few periods in that season that cost us. But we had quite a strong side then. You know, I mean, Jason Brissett, was, for me, was a good player. Youngie, Scott Mean, obviously we can go for them all. Beardo, you know what I mean? Uh, Fletch, all, all them players. John Bailey, we, we, had, we had a Matty Holland, we had a, we had a decent side then. We did. I always think my my thing with Jason Brissett was, if you if you won the luck with a couple of minutes to go, there was no one else you wanted to give the ball to that to take it in the corner than Jason Brissett because he could keep it in there for twenty minutes, eh? Yeah, he was he was on his day, frightening, but didn't have enough days. I mean, I don't know what happened to Jason. I don't know if he drifted out of the game. Obviously, I didn't really keep note of it, but you know, I mean, on his day, untouchable, but he just didn't have enough days for the ability that, that he had. If you know what I mean, yeah, he, he should have played in the Premier League, really. Yeah, he had the talent. Yeah, just not every week. Yeah, was definitely. It? He had the talent, the pace, the strength, but it just obviously didn't go that way for him. So now I've got I've got to mention that season, Jonesy, is uh, that game at Peterborough. Uh, so we were we went one 0 up. We then went three one behind. We got back to three all. We went four three down. We got it back to four four. And then there was a certain goal that became the winning goal from yourself. Could, do you want to just talk us through what happened for that goal? Um, I talk about the game, to be honest with you. Steve Robinson, was, I was having a row with Gary Breen that day. Uh, he was a centre-half. He was about to move to Tottenham. And he was giving it to me all game. And to be honest with you, I, didn't, I weren't having a great game. I was doing all right. I was working hard. I nearly got on the end of a couple of crosses. Chris Casper nicked a goal off me. He got in front of me. Um, but and then the ball got played long from Beard, I think, or or Youngie, and I latched on at one and just dinked over the keeper, and I, obviously I went berserk. I ran. I must have ran round the pitch virtually the whole time. 
give it to their bench, give it to their crowd, like, because obviously they, I was getting wound up by this Gary Breen situation, and he, he obviously he'd been giving it to me, and then uh, and then the ball got played, I think, down the left-hand side, and someone played it into me on the far corner of the box, and I just, I think where I was so tired from the celebration of the first goal, because it was straight afterwards, I just flicked it up and hit it, and it, it was just one of them things that it flew in the top corner. Again, Luckily. you can see that on YouTube as well. The old video from Mourinho. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen it on YouTube. It is a really good goal. Really <laughs> good goal. After that, Steve, you, you left us, you know, and you went you went back to West Ham and then yep. then went to to Charlton. Yep, Charlton after West Ham. And then you you came back to us on loan for a little spell. Yeah, yeah, I come back for, I think, four games or five games and did once again just hit the ground running from where I'd left it, really. Um, scored five or four goals in four or five games, uh, done really well. And at the time, I nearly signed back there, but I think there was things in the paper saying that I was a monster money, this, that, and the other. But I wasn't really, so I don't think it was an issue of money. I just don't think it happened. Or Curbs obviously didn't want to sell me, and and it paid benefit for Charlton because the day I went, I went back on the Friday, on the Saturday, um, they had Man City away on the Tuesday. And he said, I was, I was coming, I was sub, blah, blah, blah. So I've gone up there, come on at half-time and scored twice. So it, uh, we drew 2-2. Two, two. So it, it benefited Jolton Mackley that I went out on loan and done well at Bournemouth. Now, so Steve, with, you know, well, as we all know, with Bournemouth, most of our history until the very, re- very recent has been littered with financial issues and just all sorts of going, comings and goings. Over your spell, I mean, predominantly when you were with us full-time, but... What was it like as a player dealing with those financial constraints and the way the club was run back then like on a day-to-day basis? How was it for you? Um, it was hard work, obviously, but none of us really none of us really bothered about that. I mean, we got paid from the bar a couple of times in cash. Um, and, but, but Mel Machen was really good and he kept spirits up. We didn't really have a training ground. We trained here, there and everywhere. We'd go running down the pier a couple of days a week. I mean, I remember um, when the day I scored the hat-trick against Peterborough on the opening day, um, I went and see the boss after and said, I had a couple of issues, blah, 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 at home. And he went, oh, Steve, just come back Thursday. I'll see you Thursday. And this was Saturday. You know what I mean? So once again, that was his man management by saying, look, he's, he's done his job, he's fit as anything. I ain't got to worry about him. And that was it, really. But... You know, it, it was it was tough then for the club, but I don't think I don't know. I quite I quite enjoyed that. You know, I, I quite I quite like that. I quite like being the underdog, and you know, what I mean, having to fight for this, that, and the other. It's never really bothered me that, so it's quite quite enjoyable. It was enjoyable, great times for me, great times, especially obviously the staying up, the great escape, and even the following season, even though it finished. It didn't finish great for me even though I scored 23 goals and I just left. You know, it, it was still a really good season for me. And, you know, I mean, like, like I said, I've always loved it there and it's a great place to be. Now, you played with Eddie for a while, didn't you? Um, yeah, for a little while. Not long, though. I think he was just breaking breaking into the sort of the first team frame at the time. What, what have you made of his rise as a, as a player and then as the manager he is now? Incredible about you know I mean it's an incredible job he's done. He's obviously a great great manager. 
to have done that. I mean, I know Jace and Tinder well. I was uh, Mel Machin asked me a few times about Jace when before he signed him. So, and I was quite like I instigate not instigated the move, but I certainly helped out in that. They're obviously a really good team. Um, obviously, Eddie's number number one, um, and he's just done, just done a fantastic job. Is that Eddie phoning you now there in the background, wanting a couple of goals from you, eh? <laughs> you know what? How nice would it be to go and play there now? Oh, it's a bit different, eh, to the times when you were there? Yeah, it's massively different. But, but I mean, football changes all over. Look at West Ham. West Ham are about to leave their ground. You know what I mean? Football does change, and Arsenal left theirs, and obviously Bournemouth rebuilt theirs. You know what I mean? It's only people that remember going and, 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 I, and I think that's the great thing about it I remember some of the nights the Tuesday nights and the games when we was up against it we were fighting for our life every game was always so important there you know what I mean because like you said we had nine points at Christmas so the moment I went there really we, we was up against it so but I, I think maybe that's why Bournemouth are, are where they are now because they've had to fight for so long and they found someone in Eddie Hour and he took them on the crest of a wave, and long may it continue. I watched them this year at West Ham. They were a different class. Yeah, that was a great win for us. And they've obviously lost Callum, um, and that's a, that's a big loss. When you lose them goals, that's a big loss. So, and, and they've still done really well, considering that. So you've got to hold it to, and hand it to them. They've done great. And obviously the new striker they've bought, you know I mean? He, he, looks, he looks handy, he looks useful, so... Oh, I think they're definitely standing in the Premiership, that's for sure. You think they'll stay up? Oh, definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt. It'd be very harsh if they didn't. There's a lot There's a lot worse uh, teams out there. Yeah, yeah. I know um, Eddie often shows the players uh, old history videos of the club, so they know that where, where the club has come from. And I, I would imagine that the Great Escape is probably included in that, just to give the, the current players really a bit of that backstory as well. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like you said, there's been two great skate, great escapes. Not many clubs have had that, have they? <laughs> and look at us now. Hey, look, Steve, we're just going to wrap up just with a couple of quick questions just, just to get your, sure. your your favourite things. So what do you reckon was the best goal you scored for us? A lot of people would say Peterborough, and it would probably be close to Peterborough. Blackpool away, when we lost 4-1, I think. I scored a great one of my a volley from about 35 yards, I think. Um, what other goals? Maybe my hat trick, the diving header in the hat trick from John Bailey's cross. Yep, that was a really good goal at Peterborough at home. Yeah, but you'd probably have to go with a Peterborough five-four goal. <laughs> yeah, right. <You'd... laughs> hey, what was your funniest moment as a Bournemouth player? As a Bournemouth player, funny enough, my funniest moment come off the pitch. Uh, I remember us going downtown, I think it was four or five of us. There was me, Matty Holland, I think, Fletch, maybe, Youngie. There was a few of us, and Steve Robinson. <laughs> we was having his monobrow uh, separated. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget the moment when he turned round after she'd waxed it, and all of us just burst out. We was all on the floor giggling. He had obviously the biggest red spot where he had her. Uh, taking a bit of skin off as well. It was just an incredible moment. <laughs> Robbo will remember that, so if you ever speak to him, remind him of it. I'll, I'll send him a link on Twitter and let him hear it and see what he says. Yeah, 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 yeah. He will laugh.
So, Jonesy, talk about players. What do you reckon was the best player you played with while you were at Bournemouth? I would have to probably go with Matty Holland because of what he, he pushed on to do a little bit more at the time afterwards. Um, but other than that, I would say Jason Brissett at times. But I would say I would say Neil Young at times. I would say uh, John Bailey. I would, you know what I mean? I would say there's probably a few players that I would say. Russell Beards was, well, he was an excellent player. Yeah. He was a really good footballer, so it's, it's hard to call, but I'd, have, I'd go with Matty Holland. Yeah, good call, good call. He's on my Facebook as well, so. <laughs> so you've got to say that, right? <laughs> 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 now, last thing, Josie, is that we might not see the uh, last of Jones playing for Bournemouth. I hear that your son Liam is uh, making his way up the ranks with West Ham. Yeah, yeah, he's doing all right. He's been there since he was seven. Um, obviously, he's under 10 now. So he's in his last year of seven aside. And he's doing really well. He's scored a hell of a lot of goals, hundreds of goals for him so far. Um, he's got a lot to learn. He's left-footed as well, which is, um, he's got that from his mum. Uh, he's quick as lightning. He scores goals. and But he's only 10 years old, Sean. So. But he's, he's at a good place at the moment. But, we shall see how his career develops. Have you, have you worked on the uh, what we used to call on the, on the terrace, the Jonesy Lunge yet? Where you know yeah, the, on cent- the, what? the Jonesy Lunge, where the centre back's just about to clear it, and you come in from the side and try and clear him out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'd get away with that now, would you? No, times have changed, eh? <laughs> I've done that a few times. I know that, and, and on fullbacks. <laughs> no, yeah, doesn't matter who, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, Jonesy, thank you so much for coming on Back of the Net. I really appreciate your time. And, you know, I, the word legend is, is is used, I think, too frequently sometimes. But with you as a, as a fan favourite, I think we're definitely in that legend category. And, you know, hopefully we will see you down at, at Dean Court at some point in the near future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd like to go down. I've been down there for a long time. So it'd be great to go down there. And great to speak to you, Sean. And obviously, quite weird, really, obviously, because your dad... You know what I mean? I was on the radio with your dad and Matty every Monday morning and now I'm doing a podcast with his son in <laughs> New Zealand. I know, it's funny how eh? times change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, Steve, look, all the best, mate. Thanks for your time. No worries, Sean. Cheers, pal. Richie. Maybe on Walker. Q. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.